0: All right, what's up, guys? How we doing this morning? Yeah, y'all look a little tired, you know? I feel like we gotta do some like stretches real quick or something, you know? Maybe a little side to side, straight up in the air. You know, take a deep breath, get some oxygen going to the brain, you know? Uh, but I'm excited to be here uh, with you guys this morning. And uh, real quick, can we just give it up for the Hume staff and the amazing job that they've done this weekend? Uh, It's been so cool to uh, hang out with them and hang out with you guys, and uh, just so excited to have uh, one more opportunity to open up God's word for us this morning, and I just want to do a a little bit of review, right, what we've talked about all weekend long, so, you know, make sure we're we're remembering what we're learning, so quick question, you know, see if anyone out in the audience knows this, what was our big idea on Friday night, session one, you got to think, way back to the beginning of the weekend, I see a hand right there, Celtic shirt. Life apart from God is meaningless. Yeah. All right. What about session number two, about 24 hours ago? Yeah, I see a hand right there. You got it? Um, sin, never satisfies. sin never satisfies. That's right. And then finally, last night, we had a really great session in here. Uh, I loved being able to see you guys all worship together at the end. But uh, does anyone remember what our final big idea was uh, last evening? I want a new hand. Oh, yeah, right here. Yes, you were made for a relationship with God. Uh, So we talked about last night how we can be restored to God the Father. It is through what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so uh, today we're actually gonna be in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. You know, we've covered uh, chapters one, two, and three. Uh, We're not here for 12 days, so we're gonna jump to the end of uh, the book of Ecclesiastes today. But I wanted to start off by sharing another story about someone who is uh, significant in church history, uh, very similar to how we started last night. Uh, Last night, we talked about a man named Augustine who lived uh, in North Africa and traveled throughout the Roman Empire. Uh, Today, we're gonna be talking about a man named Jonathan Edwards, who actually lived right here in New England. Uh, So a little closer to home, he had an amazing uh, gospel impact in this area. So a little bit about Jonathan Edwards. Uh, He was born in Connecticut in 1703. Any Connecticut people in the house? All right, a few. I like to see that. Uh, So he was born in Connecticut. He was the son of a pastor. And here's something interesting about him. At age 13, he actually went to college at Yale. Is there anyone in this room who's 13? Like, show of hands. Imagine going to Yale this year as opposed to your middle school. Pretty crazy experience, right? Uh, But he went to Yale at age 13, and after he finished college, uh, he discovered that he wanted to pursue becoming a pastor. And so he started to gain more studies and and get some experience, and eventually uh, he was a pastor at a church in Massachusetts in 1727. 1727. And throughout the 1730s and 1740s, uh, Jonathan Edwards preached hundreds of sermons and he would host these giant rallies where you know, hundreds of people would show up and he would preach these messages where hundreds of people would give their lives to Jesus towards the end. Uh, he was someone who uh, was not concerned about the things of the world. Uh, he knew that his purpose uh, was to bring the gospel to people who had never heard it before. And so his whole life was focused on that mission, sharing the good news of Jesus in an area that desperately needed the good news of Jesus. And so there's two reasons I'm talking about Jonathan Edwards this morning. Reason number one, I want you to know that he was someone who gave his life to a cause that mattered, right? He gave his life to a cause that mattered. He didn't pursue earthly things. You know, he wasn't perfect in this life, But he understood that people needed to know about the love that Jesus has for everyone. So he gave his life to a cause that mattered. And secondly, the reason why I'm talking about him this morning is because there's a a quote from his ministry. Uh, This is something that he would pray very often that I think is extremely relevant to our topic of study. It's often said that when Jonathan Edwards would pray, he would go before God and he would say, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyes. Think about that quote for a second. Lord, stamp eternity on my eyes. Why do you think that's something he would pray? Well, as he was trying to minister to others, you'll face many trials and struggles and challenges in this life, but throughout all the challenges, he wanted to keep an eternal perspective. He wanted to remember that there was a God who was in charge of the heavens and the earth who who had him in his hands. He wanted to keep that eternal perspective. Let me uh, share it like this. I have another uh, illustration I wanted to share with you guys this morning. So uh, I grew up in the New England area, and I loved skiing. Do I have any skiers in the room or snowboarders, either one? Yeah, maybe you've been to the Berkshires or up uh, in New Hampshire, Vermont, uh, whatever. But I I loved skiing growing up. And one of the things about when I would ski is as a kid, I didn't use ski goggles, It sounds weird, like most people, you know, would naturally just think to use ski goggles. But uh, when I first started out, I was like, I've got my helmet, I've got the poles, I've got the skis, I'm good. Like, what do I need those like weird looking goggles that everyone wears? And so I would go down the mountain and I would discover that Wait, those goggles actually had a pretty important purpose, right? If you've ever gone skiing without goggles, you know what the purpose is. There's wind hitting you in the face. There's snow hitting you in the face. And even more than that, the mountain is just like shiny, right? Because if you go on a sunny day and you have the snow on the mountain, the the sun is reflecting off of the snow, and you're basically going down the mountain blind, which is not something you want to do, right? You want to be able to see where you're going. You want to be able to navigate the path in front of you. And so from that moment on, I realized that uh, the lens of the ski goggles actually had a purpose, right? Because when you put these things on, they have a tint to them, right? And it changes the way that you see the mountain. And so here's where I'm going with this. I want us to put on eternity goggles as we leave this weekend, I'll explain, explain that phrase, because it sounds pretty strange, right? I want us to leave this weekend, I want us to leave Hume, New England, I want us to leave the book of Ecclesiastes wearing uh, something I'm gonna call eternity goggles, it, meaning that you are looking at life through a new perspective. Uh, you are uh, keeping in mind all the things that we've talked about, that our time here is temporary, uh, that there is a, a long uh, eternity that awaits us, and it should change the way that we live in the here and the now. An eternal perspective should change everything. Should change the way we love others, what our purpose is, what God has called us to do. What we're gonna see in our text today is that eternity should change the way we live in the here and now. So what I want you to do is start turning to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. right? Like I said, uh, we're, we're jumping to the end of the book there. Uh, we're going to see Solomon's uh, final conclusion about the things that he's talking about. Uh, but as, I, as you're turning there in, uh, in the word, I want to give you our big idea for our, our final fourth session here at Hume New England. Uh, our final big idea is this. To fear God and keep his commands is what you were created to do. Right? So last night we talked about how you were made to be in a relationship with God, so your being is to be with Him. Uh, but what we are to do in this life is to fear God and keep His commands. Uh, this is true purpose, and I'm going to unpack those terms with you as we get going throughout the message. So if you don't know what that may, you don't know if uh, what that says makes sense, don't worry. We're going to get to it eventually. Uh, but at this moment, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I'm gonna start by just reading verse one and I wanna hang out on verse one for a second too. Ecclesiastes 12.1, Solomon writes this. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. So let's hang out on Ecclesiastes 12.1. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. So Solomon begins the last chapter of his book by actually talking to young people, right? Isn't that powerful? He, he ends his book by, by starting to talk to young people and he's saying while you still have youth on your side, which is all the campers in this room, right? While you still have youth on your side, know that there is a God and know that he has given you a purpose. You know, I meet a lot of teenagers in today's world that uh, will kind of have this mindset that says, you know, I'm gonna wait to follow God until I'm older, right, like I just wanna get the most out of my middle school experience or I wanna get the true like, high school experience that I see other people getting or, or they even say it about college too, they're like, I just wanna go off to college and, and get away from mom and dad and, and live it up and party and, and people have all these attitudes and they say, you know what, I'll, I'll come back to the God stuff later. You know, I'll circle back around to it. I, I feel like it's kind of important, but for now, I just gotta do me. You know, I've met so many teenagers who have that exact attitude. But if you've been following along with us all weekend, you would recognize that there are problems with that attitude, right? What are some of the problems? Well, number one, like we talked about 24 hours ago, sin never satisfies. So if you go chasing after sin, thinking that that's gonna lead towards joy, You're not actually gonna find satisfaction in those things. But another problem with that is that we're not guaranteed tomorrow, right? Our final video talked about this, right? It kind of had that twist at the end. But we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so there are many people that will say, yeah, I'll put off my relationship with God for another stage of life. But we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And the third reason why I think it's important to not have that type of mindset is because we miss out on an exciting, purpose-filled life with Christ. Right? One of the verses we've talked about uh, repeatedly this weekend is John 10:10. 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus said, "I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly." Uh, there is a joyful life found in Christ. And allow me to share just a, a bit of my story and, and my perspective with you. Uh, I started to share some of my testimony last night, you know, saying that I, I went away to a winter camp and uh, the Lord really used that in my life to, to draw me close back to God, but I went back to school uh, the following week and I was presented with many temptations from my friends in the school system, right? Like most of my friends there were not Christians and they were starting to get involved in like some things that I didn't wanna be involved in and so I was presented with all these different opportunities and because I, I had such a solid church community and I was just encouraged by the word, uh, I believe the Lord gave me strength to say no to some of those opportunities. You know, so some of the, the, my friends, they would go out and party or do whatever or do things that they weren't supposed to be doing and I would stand there and say, you know what, that's not for me. I have a different uh, path that I'm going to go down. And so I said no to a lot of those things. And then when it came time for us to go to college, they went to different schools where they wanted to you know, go party or, or perhaps even uh, some things that would be considered commendable by most, but like get a high paying job, right? They wanted to go to a really good uh, school and just walk away, get this you know, super fancy job or whatever. Uh, but I once again chose a different route. I went to school down in Virginia and I wanted to go uh, study the Bible. And so here's where all of this is going. You know, I kind of went down one path. A lot of my friends uh, went down another path. And so a a lot of times people would ask me the question, uh, do you ever regret not joining them for some seasons? Do you ever regret, you know, not just uh, doing your thing, uh, seeking after the Lord? Do you ever regret that you kind of missed out on some of the things that they got to try? And so I received that question a lot. And I want to tell you what my honest answer to that question is. My honest answer is no. I do not regret going down that path because I've seen the Lord uh, do so many things uh, through ministry. Life with Christ leads to, uh, leads to an exciting uh, purpose-filled life. You know, I, I get to work as a youth pastor down in Virginia where I've seen uh, so many students come to know the Lord. I've seen uh, people get baptized. I've seen uh, the Lord just do amazing things in people's lives and, and I get to be a part of what God is doing there. And it's not me, it's about what God is doing through me. And so I get to live this life where I just get to stand back and and watch God do amazing things. And I don't want to miss out on that. You have a chance to be a part of God's story. What he is doing, when he's rescuing sinners, when he's leading people to the Lord, you have an opportunity to participate in what God is doing. So why would we want to go down the other path? Why would we want to chase after the things that the world is chasing after? So here's my encouragement for you. Eye contact for this part. Be a generation that's on fire for the Lord. There's a lot of people out there who are saying, you know, the church isn't doing as well as it used to be, you know, uh, the youth aren't stepping up and following Christ, But, but I don't believe that's true. I believe you guys have the opportunity to leave camp this weekend and go make an eternal impact in other people's lives. The Lord has great plans for you. Romans eight twenty-eight. God has good plans for those who are called according to his purposes. God is calling you uh, to serve him in this area, in an area that is so desperate for the gospel. The Lord has given you purpose and there's an exciting life in him when you chase after him. So leave this weekend feeling charged up to be a generation on fire for the Lord. You can do it because it's not you, it's God working through you. And God does not stop working. I wanna get to Ecclesiastes 12, uh, 13. This is the end of the book here. This is how Solomon kinda wraps all these things up, right? He's finishing by saying this. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, he says, Now all has been heard, and here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. So Solomon wraps up his book by saying, we are to fear God and keep his commandments. This is what we are called to do. This is what he has created us to do. So let's unpack both of those terms, right? I think it'd be helpful for all of us to just leave here understanding what that phrase means, right? So let's start with what it means to fear God. Right in our context, we think of the word fear, and we often think of just like being afraid of something. Like I want you to think in this moment: what are some different things that you're afraid of? Maybe it's you know spiders, or you're afraid of the dark. Uh, one thing I'm afraid of is that Chick Fil A is never going to bring back the pimento sandwich. Has anyone here had that? It's so good. I don't know if you have Chick Fil A's around here, but uh, we have them everywhere down in Virginia. But uh, there's certain things that we can all be afraid of, right? We all have these different fears in life, but but the word uh, fear in the Bible is actually much richer in meaning. It has some slightly different connotations to it. In the Bible, when we fear God, it means that believers are to have a high view of God. It means we think highly of Him. We approach Him with awe and worship. We have a deep reverence for Him. We respect Him. Uh, to fear God is to understand that he is deserving of our praise. And when John wrote the book of Revelation, there's a, the Apostle John who was someone who followed after Jesus, he, he lo- wrote the last book of the Bible, uh, which is Revelation, and he had this vision of the Lord. Uh, and when John was about to write this book, Jesus appeared to him in all his glory. And do you know what John did when, when Jesus appeared to him? He fell down to his face because he felt unworthy. He felt unworthy to even look upon God because God is just so different than us. There's just this otherness to him. So we approach life with a a fear of the Lord, uh, meaning that we have a deep respect for him. And when we fear the Lord, it changes the way that we live in the here and now. So Solomon's saying that we have a a fear of the Lord, uh, but also Solomon is saying that we keep his commands. Right, so we want to follow after God. We want to keep his commands. And, and like we talked about last night, Jesus loves you so much. Right, like I hope that's one of the things you leave here knowing is just how much Jesus Christ loves you, right? Like we talked about in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you that he sent his son to die for you. Uh, so we know that Jesus loves us and we want to love him in return, right? And so one of the ways that we love Christ back is that we follow after what he has commanded us to do. That's what's written down in John 14:15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. And so as we leave Hume, New England, one of the things I wanna challenge you to do is, is get into God's word. Start reading God's word for yourself because you may be thinking in this moment, okay, I wanna follow God, right? Like this weekend I've been feeling convicted. I've felt like I don't wanna chase after sin anymore and I wanna follow God, but, but what are those specific commands? Well, God has revealed those to us through his word in the Bible. And so we wanna read scripture, we wanna open up God's word so that we can follow his commands. And so here are three points I wanna close out uh, our final message time with. Uh, these are the last three things I'll, I'll kinda leave you with for this weekend, and I'd encourage you to write them down. Point number one is this. We're not the main character, God is. All right, we're not the main character. God is. Who here has ever heard of the term main character syndrome? Have you heard of that? Right, like there's a lot of people in life. You know, maybe it's someone from your school who they just think they're the main character. They view everyone else around them as like NPCs or whatever, and they they just think that this whole story is about them. And the problem with that is a lot of times those type of people are very self-centered. You know, they try to use other people for their gain. They're trying to just climb up the social ladder. They're trying to achieve all these different things in life. But let's take a step back and look at what the Bible says. We're not the main character. I'm sorry to shatter that for some of you in this room this morning. uh, But we're not the main character, God is. And and I want to share to you uh, why this is actually really good news. Right, because if you were the main character... That means you would have to strive and toil and work hard to achieve all these amazing things on your own in life, right? You'd have to get this highest paying job. You'd have to have this life that looks like a movie. Uh, You'd have to own your dream home one day and you would be working hard trying to achieve all these things to make it look like you were the main character. But here's the freeing part. If you view your life as God's story it gives you the opportunity to step back and watch him work. Like, isn't that cool to think about? The Lord is working through you. Everything we see around us is, is God's story. Right from the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created mankind in his own image. Uh, Mankind messed up and and sinned, and and we are separated from God because of that. But God sent his son, Jesus, to restore mankind to himself. And and now when we make that decision to follow Jesus, we are now a part of God's story, uh, spreading that message of love and spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so it frees us from feeling like we have to accomplish all of these things to discover meaning and significance in this life, and it actually frees us to chase after what God is doing on our behalf. We can minister through him. So that's point number one. We're not the main character. God is, and you're a part of his story. Here's point number two. Time is brief, and it matters how we spend it. Time is brief, and it matters how we spend it. You know, this is something that I hope you've uh, taken away from this weekend even before we got to this point, right? We've been talking a lot about uh, the brevity of life and how we should consider the choices that we make and the things that we're doing. Uh, But Psalm 90, verse 12, the psalmist writes, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So when we realize that life is short, When you're not guaranteed tomorrow, you care a lot more about what you're going to do today. I'll say that one more time. When you are not guaranteed tomorrow, you're gonna care a lot more about what you do today. And so therefore, the implications for everyone in this room is that we should care about our relationship with Jesus. We should care about the other people that God has placed in our lives. Uh, right, because we want to share that message of Christ with others, and and I want to share an opportunity or a story from from my past where I feel like I missed an opportunity, and I think it might relate to some of y'all in this room, but uh, one of my biggest regrets from middle school uh, was how just ashamed I was of sharing Jesus with other people sometimes, Like, does that make sense? Like, does anyone in this room ever feel like timid to talk about God or Jesus at school because you don't know how other people are gonna receive it? Like, that was one thing where I look back at my time in middle school and I, I just think, I wish I was a lot more bold for Christ you know, I had one uh, story in particular that came to mind where I had all these friends in my neighborhood uh, where we would hang out a lot together and, and they weren't church friends. I just knew them from the neighborhood in school and we would ride bikes together and play football together. And I remember one Sunday in specific, uh, this is before any of us had cell phones, but they, they came and knocked on my door because they wanted to hang out on a Sunday morning. And you know where I was on Sunday morning? I was at church with my family, right? So I was at church. No one was home. They knock on the door uh, and they leave in their bicycles and their footballs. And uh, I see them eventually on Monday and they say, hey, where were you on Sunday? We, we came to your house knocking on your door. We wanted to hang out. And I remember in that moment, I was so afraid to tell them that I went to church. I was like so afraid to admit to some of my closest friends that I actually was a Christian and that I actually cared about God and that I actually loved Jesus. Like That wasn't something I was ready to just like tell other people from my school. But I look back on that opportunity and remember point number two here, time is brief and it matters how we spend it. And sometimes I feel like I missed an opportunity to share the love of Christ with people who really needed it. So while I'm sad that you guys have to leave camp today, uh, part of me is also excited uh, because you are going back to uh, situations where other people need to know about Jesus. right? If you were encouraged from our session last night and just hearing the gospel message and, and worshiping together with other believers, uh, know that there are people outside of this camp, outside of these four walls who need to experience that as well too. And we actually live in one of the most unchurched areas in all of the United States. An area that is so uh, ripe for the gospel. So I wanna challenge you guys to make the most of your time and seek to share the love of Jesus with others. And then finally, point number three. This is our last point we'll, we'll close out the weekend on. Living with a mindset towards eternity changes what we do in the here and now. Living with minds set towards eternity changes what we do in the here and now. I want you to leave this weekend putting on eternity goggles, right? You're looking at the world through an entirely new lens, an entirely new worldview, an entirely new perspective where you are no longer consumed by the things of the world but you are now all in for God. You're now all in for Jesus. You're all in for uh, worshiping him, keeping his commands, and and sharing that love with other people. The last verse I'm gonna share with you this weekend is 2 Corinthians 4.18. Just listen to what the Apostle Paul uh, writes in this verse. He says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, perhaps one of the things that the Lord has been doing in your heart throughout this weekend is that you've realized you're so focused on the seen things in the world, right? The things that are visible, the things that we can grab and, and you know, see and, and touch and all that. But uh, the Bible is teaching us that there is a whole unseen reality. There is an eternity with God that awaits us. And so I'll close the weekend by saying this. Welcome to being a part of God's story. He wants to do amazing things through you. There is a purpose-filled life that awaits you in Jesus Christ. And I wanna leave you with what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28. The last moments that Jesus spent with his disciples before he ascended to go be with the Father. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus told his followers to go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching others to observe all that I've commanded you. So go and make disciples to the ends of the earth. And it's, a, it's an exciting life with Christ. You're still here for a purpose. You know, a lot of us long for eternity. We long to be reunited with God in heaven one day. But he has a purpose for us in the here and now. And don't miss that. And just because you're young doesn't mean you can, you don't have to, uh, you can start living it out right now. Just because you're young, you can start living it out right now. So leave camp excited to share the life-changing news of Jesus. Stay involved with your church community, right? If you made friends this weekend, uh, continue to just pour into one another and grow together and know that you are a part of something bigger something that God is doing throughout redemptive history. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone here in this room who is able to have an amazing week at Hume New England. Lord, help us to consider eternity. God, stamp eternity on our eyes. Give us an eternal perspective and and God, let that eternal perspective change the way that we live in the here and now. Help us to live for you, serve you, love you, and keep your commandments. Help us as we seek to share the gospel news with others. God, you have given us purpose. You have given us new life. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.